being the best versions and helping others be their best versions. I think those leaders that are self-aware, that have the courage to be uncomfortable, understand the power of compassion and empathy, are there though to really help others be better. Welcome to Building Doors. In this series, you'll develop the skills to build a roadmap for success, get inspired by those leaders who have come before you, and give you the confidence to stop waiting and start building. Welcome, Sonia, to the Building Doors podcast. I'm going to tell our audience a little bit about Sonia. She's an amazing woman and I've known her for quite some time. It's true, you are amazing. Sonia is founder of Leadership HQ and is also a renowned and award-winning author, having written several of her own books, Leadership Attitude, Just Rocket and First Comes Courage, as well as being a regular contributor in the Australian, HRD Magazine, Smart Healthy Women and Women's Business Media. She was named as one of the top 250 influential women in the world, as well as top 100 Australian entrepreneurs by Richtopia. Through her leadership advisory and coaching work at Leadership HQ and founding the Outstanding Leadership Awards, Sonia is internationally recognised as an expert in leadership and culture, organisational development, neuroscience, kindness and courage. Sonia is also a full-time single parent and has a passion for women in business and teenage mental health. Sonia travels and speaks across Australia and the globe, and she's on a mission to build a world of great leaders and leadership. Wow. Welcome, Sonia. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen you've had such a purpose-filled career in founding Leadership HQ, and it really comes across in dealing with you in the information you put up there that you do want to create kind and courageous leaders. So for me, when when I'm looking at your story, I've always been interested, Sonia, what was it that led to you to found Leadership HQ and create this business? Where did this come from? That's a great question. And thanks for that wonderful introduction. You're so welcome. And you know, I love your work as well. (laughs) and, And what you do, you're amazing as well. Gosh, it came from, I think, this perseverance, all this passion inside of me. When I started Leadership HQ, I started it from a blog, funnily enough, like when I look back on that and thought, gosh, that took so much courage to start a company from a blog. And it was kind of by accident. You know, obviously I grew up in Australia, been really blessed in terms of my career and opportunities around the world. And the last kind of HR or people and culture gig was in Shanghai in China. And there I was working for an organization and also, you know, with my daughter over there, we followed my husband's career initially. And then when my world fell apart really unexpectedly and I came back to Australia and had to start all over again, I was A, really shocked at how challenging it was back then to find a senior people and culture role because I was a full-time single parent when I came home and had $2,000 in the bank and was living with my parents again. And I thought, how am I going to put food on the table, a roof over our head? And I went for all these opportunities and as soon as the single parent card came up, yeah, that's just going to be too challenging because we need you to travel and how are you going to cope with the hours and things? And I thought, and thank goodness things have changed today. And then it just happened, I saw this ad on Seek for someone looking for a management consultant, a coach, facilitator, work on construction sites. And 
I just went for it. And in the interview, he just asked how much I knew about leadership. I kind of faked it and said I knew heaps <laughs> and went, oh, yeah, I know so much about that space, thinking, oh, my gosh, don't ask me any questions. And then got it, the role and bought every book I could, started working on all these construction sites, and I just loved it so much. And I think the reason why I got into the career and, and my degree in this space was because I love to see people shine and succeed and to yeah. serve others. That was just kind of really ingrained in me since I was little. And and I love to teach. I just love to teach. So when I started working on these construction sites and I loved it so much and started a blog, I thought, I wonder if I could give this a crack and do this on my own. And it kind of came from just this kind of real hunger to, because I could see the difference leadership was making to mm. these people that I was working with and really partnering and supporting and advising, I thought, wow, I'm tra- like transforming people's lives. Like even it was some of the stories I could tell you just start to cry if I share any stories, but it was just great to see the difference this was making in terms of really helping people see their inner greatness and leadership. So I think that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. I think people, uh, we've got tissues if needed, <laughs> um, but I'm very interested as well you say it's about transforming people's lives and I definitely believe that. I definitely believe that it doesn't just transform them at work but transforms them at home with their families and it's almost like a ripple effect Mm. uh, when you change someone's lens and how they see the world. So when you're looking back on some of the work you've done, what's one of your proudest moments where you actually have had someone say, Sonia, this is what you've been able to do for me? Oh, my gosh, what's been one of my proudest moments? I think there's just been so many moments, whether it's, gosh, I remember working with a general superintendent on a major alliance project and HR rings me and says, I need you to work with Gordon. And he's managing, he's not leading. He's kind of driving onto site and as soon as the guys see him on site, they run in the other direction. And I thought, oh, okay, all right. I thought, you know, has anyone had conversations with him about this? And I could tell as soon as I showed up to site, and I, yeah, fair enough, right? This guy is like early 60s. He spent the last, gosh, 45 years working in the industry, and here's this five foot two woman that comes in to site to look at him and go, Oh, I'm here to, you know, really support you and really coach and advise you in the leadership space. And he kind of looked at me like, Really? Like, this isn't. <laughs> so I could tell it was going to be a bit of a, yeah. You know, it was going to be a bit of a shit fight, to be honest. Yeah. And he pushed and pushed and, like, pushed, you know, and I was like, oh, gosh, and I just kept at it and kept at it and spent, gosh, a year working with him. And then after a year, I remember he took me to the local subway. He said, I want to take you out for lunch. I thought, okay, what's going on here? And, <laughs> and just the transformation, he sat there with tears in his eyes, Aww. took me out for a I don't know, foot long. <laughs> I think it was a tuna. What remember. sub did you have? <laughs> and uh, I was just amazed. Don't you love side lunches? Uh, you never know what you're going to get. You know. yeah. And it was just great. You know, it's great just seeing, you know, I'm sure there was an element of, and he did, he used to say to me, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I said, I can lead you to water and I can't make you drink, but I want to support you in terms of getting you to that, mm. to the leadership River and start to think about how you, your legacy is about how you are building leaders on site, like that with your experience and expertise. And look at this guy was brought up on the tools, you know, left at 15. I find a lot of people just go, I'm not taught this. I'm not even taught this at university. Mm. So having someone teach them how to be a great leader in all aspects of life, not just work, 
And to see the, to understand that power of self-awareness and mm. people leadership and courage and empathy and, yeah, it's just phenomenal. So that's probably one of my favourite yeah. stories. I yeah. love that one. Yeah. And I think as well when you're talking about leadership, I love what you said about people are never taught. You become really competent at your job, you get better and better, and then you become a leader and then you've got to figure it out. So when you're working and coaching people around leadership, what are some of the qualities that you'd like to see or that you work with leaders on? Because you've talked about courageous leadership mm. and kind leadership. I'm really keen to understand what does a good leader look like? Oh, that's a huge question. It's a really good one though. I think what a good leader looks like is someone that definitely has a growth mindset. So yeah. for me, I've worked with so many great people and if they're open to continuously learning and growing, I think that if they're open to going, you know what, I'm going to keep sharpening the saw and I really want to learn who I am and what I stand for, I think that's really important. That's like they're really self-aware. Mm. They also really own who they are, like they're authentic around, they understand their values, their principles, mm. again, what you, who they are and also what they stand for in terms of their principles. And they're about serving others. So they understand by them being the best versions of themselves, therefore they're actually out there yeah. being the best versions and helping others be their best versions. I think those leaders that are self-aware, that have the courage to be uncomfortable, understand the power of compassion and empathy, mm are there though to really help others be better. Some of the greatest leaders that I work or have worked with and continue Mm. to work with, the ones that kind of go, no, I don't need this, I'm already. And I'm sure that they are good, but I kind of go, well, you know what? Leadership is about that continuous growing and learning. So they're probably the ones that that's what I think is a good leader, someone that, yeah, gets that. I think it's good that this podcast is obviously called Building Doors because it's all around not waiting for an opportunity but building a door or creating an opportunity. And it's interesting you talk about that growth mindset because that's what leaders are doing. They're not waiting to learn or learn more. They're always learning. They're always growing. Good leaders are always continuously improving on their skill set and their mindset and thinking, how can I be better? So, And I love that, that way of thinking. The other thing that I did want to chat to you about was the Leadership HQ Awards. Oh, yes. I have to because uh, we went along and I really thought, I mean, there were so many different inspiring leaders there and it was a big event for you and I know so much work went into it. Tell me more about the aftermath of that. So what is some of the feedback? What's some of the lessons out of that whole process that you've learned? Uh, yes, so obviously you knew you were there, which was an amazing, amazing experience and evening and the process and the courage and perseverance leading up to that. I could tell you a lot of stories. There were lots of tears and ups and downs with that one, some great, yeah. some amazing highs, but definitely lots of highs afterwards because I think for us the premise around the Leadership Awards was mm. I saw there was a gap. There's lots of different awards, right? And I'm all about rewarding, celebrating, recognising people's achievements, lifting everyone up. I think that's really important. But you mentioned that I was passionate about teenage mental health and I am very passionate about mental health in general, but definitely for our future leaders, Mm. for our youth. And I think on social media, they're seeing too much negativity Mm. or they're reading too much. I think it's kind of like when you think about news, there tends to err on the negative side or this CEO did this wrong or this politician did this wrong. So I wanted an awards or a platform where we were celebrating great people, Mm. great teams, like so that were role models that Mm. our youth or our leaders of today tomorrow could see Mm. greater role models. And I think 
after the awards, not only did I think that it showcased, like we saw in a room, like 250 people that were there. There was like 100 finalists. For me, they were all amazing. Mm. Um, just afterwards, just the the calls, the emails, the messages, the posts, we were just inundated with people going, wow, like you just gave us so much hope. Mm. It was so wonderful just to see so many examples of kindness and inclusiveness and courage and leadership and it was just amazing. Like we're wanting to take these around the globe now because we just see that this is a platform or this is the kind of energy and the kind of, I think, the direction that leadership needs Mm. and we do what we see. So this is what when we saw these incredible people up there on the – green or on the stage, Mm. I think all of us in the room went, wow, like there is hope. There's real great leaders out there. So, mm. I think what was great as well is your daughter, I know, was there on the night and she spoke and I know you were super proud of her journey as well. Mm. She's dealing with these different leaders. She's seeing what you're doing. How have you seen her grow as well? Because, I mean, I've sort of seen it from working in your business and and having dealt with her, but keen to see what's her journey been through this. Oh, my gosh. Um, She is phenomenal. I mean, I know you know her story around how she was bullied really badly at high school, hence I'm very um, around anti-bullying, hence why I'm passionate about teenage mental health because I still think that this is epidemic, the bullying and teenage mental health, and unfortunately she really struggled. Mm. She left school at 14, really impacted her mental health quite severely. Anyway, I think at that time it was that was probably the most courageous time of my life, what mm. I had to deal with with her, like what was going on for her and um, as a full-time single mom, trying to yeah. deal with that on my own plus, you know, run the businesses and things. But I think seeing her on stage and seeing where she is today, I think her journey like and I think she looks back on that now and she still really takes care of her mental health. Like I'm not saying like which I think we all need to is I think she's come into her power because her journey, she's now doing social work university. So she worked really hard now to get back into sort of education and to deal with her mental health to get to education. So she's at university now and she wants to work with Indigenous youth or disadvantaged youth because of her journey. But seeing her on stage and seeing how committed she is to what we're trying to achieve is just wonderful. Like I keep saying I think she could be Prime Minister um, <laughs> because I love that. she's got this real kind of really she's very stoic and she's got these real strong ethics and principles and she wants to really serve others. Uh, I don't know if she could get into that political space, probably not. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's thank you for recognising her because it was, to be honest, her getting on stage and speaking was a last-minute thing. I was supposed wow. to go, yeah, I was supposed to come go up. Yeah. And Katie and I, or the team, we were going through the slides and then like literally at last minute my daughter just happened or Abby just happened to see what was going on and she said, you're doing the acknowledgement to country wrong. And I said, what? And Katie and I and the team went, no, we're doing it correct. And she said, no, you're actually doing it incorrect. And I said, no, we've double-checked or triple-checked. And she went, no, you're actually not doing it correct. And I said, really, we're about to go on stage in about 15 minutes. She said, all good, I'll get up and I'll do it. Wow. So I just looked at her and went, are you sure? She said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So when she got up and then she went to go off stage, she looked at me and went, oh, I forgot to introduce mum. <laughs> she raised second. And I was like looking at her going, oh, my gosh, you are <laughs> you are phenomenal. Like so she just kind of, yeah, did it. Just, a lot. She winged it. She really? winged it, yeah. And she winged it well, you know. Yeah. I love that she's taken that 
experience of her as a teen and turned it into something now that is a guiding purpose for her to do social work. It's like it shows you that through adversity can come something beautiful and something amazing. And even your own journey when you're talking about being a single mum and now what you're creating, you've not only changed the lives of the leaders that you work with, but the people watching your daughter. It's it's such a, a ripple effect that that was really evident at those awards as well. So as a single parent running a business Mm. as well, I think there's a lot of people that are listening and more people realise that are doing it tough themselves and maybe trying to run a business, trying to do it all and juggling a million things. What's some advice you can give around how to work through those dark moments or those hard days in a business? What keeps you, your mindset strong? Because I find that you're quite a resilient person. So I'm really interested in what it is that you say to yourself. Oh, gosh, that's really great that you see that. There's days I definitely <laughs> am not. There's You're doing I well go, on the outside. <laughs> There's days I go, this is sometimes. And I think that's we're all human, right? Yeah. I think it's the kindness thing. I think it's that self-kindness is so important. It's something I teach so many people in our mm. programs and our coaching. They look at me and they go, what is that? What are you talking about? I said that self-kindness and self-compassion is we're so good at beating ourselves up. It's like, would you, those times you have those thoughts in your mind, you're like, oh, why am I doing this? And I'm such a fraud and I'm not good enough and I'm not this enough. It's like, well, would you actually say that to a child that you love? So if you wouldn't say that to a child, why say it to yourself? Mm. Um, Brené Brown says, talk to yourself like someone you love. So when I, you know, even, and I predominantly work with men, like, mm. even though I love working with anyone, and when the men look at me and go, what do you mean this self-kindness and this vulnerability? It's all t-. And then when I try and teach them even from a neuroscience perspective, the power of self-kindness, when you're kinder to yourself, you're kinder to others, kindness builds trust. It's really powerful. And then when I start to talk to them about affirmations and visualisation and journaling, all the things that I do to help and coach them, I, they can see they're transforming mm. as well. I think it's that self-kindness and going, you're doing the best you can and just focusing on, I always just stay very true to myself around who I am and what I stand for. Mm. So like even when the awards, when we launched the awards back in 2019 and then we had the first awards in 2020 and mm. literally the day it hit, we were about to announce the finalist and everyone said, don't do it, don't do it. I went, well, no, we have to because courage is part of what I stand for. Mind you, it was a very tough year that year trying to get them together. Yeah. But I just stayed really kind to myself. I thought, you know what, I'm staying true to my purpose and that's all I can do is the best I can. And there were definitely a lot of dark days, with my, especially with my daughter and what I was going through because I was trying to juggle running a business plus having her at home with yeah. her challenges. Um, just have to do the best you can. Like this year we moved house and that's another TED talk. We've moved house so many times (laughs) lately because it's just been the market has been just horrible. But my daughter sat down with me the day before we were moving and we went out for dinner and I was exhausted and I'd just spoken at this massive event in the morning. I was packing. I was just exhausted. We went out and my daughter just burst out crying in the middle of this Mexican restaurant. Mm. I think it was GYG. And I just said, what's wrong? And she said, I I just want to say how sorry I am. I just didn't realise. Mm. I'm sitting here now looking at you going, you are just phenomenal in terms of like I was so hard on you. You were trying to do, trying to run this business. Mm. You were trying to put a roof over our heads. You were mm. trying to serve all these people. You were trying to help me mm. and you put yourself last. Mm. And I thought, 
Yeah, Aww. it's another thing. I should have put myself a lot more first and I didn't. Mm. And she just cried and cried and cried and said, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I just look at wow. you today and I just – and then I burst out crying going, oh, great, because it only took like I don't know how many years. But, <laughs> but they eventually I think – you know, I thought I, you waste so much time and beating yourself up and guilt. Just let it go. Let the guilt go. Mm. Don't beat yourself up because I promise they'll come out. Like everything works out. Just And also ask for help. Mm. Ask for help. The One of the best things I ever did looking back is any times I was struggling and there were plenty of times, especially when with my daughter and also running a business with the ups and downs of that, is please reach out to people and, and say, can you help me or mm. can I have a coffee with you? Because mm. it's amazing how people will surround you if you ask for help. Mm. I'm glad you spoke about that as well because I want to talk more around the support and I always call it the tribe or the people yeah. that are around you because I think sometimes there's this we celebrate going off and being following your dreams and following your vision, but it's something that you can't do in isolation. There's yeah. so many great people around that are there to, there to support you. Who are some of your biggest and I know you won't be able to include everyone, but like thinking back on that journey, who were some of your biggest mentors or supporters? Who were your tribe that kind of supported you through that? Uh, I think it was like a lot of friends. Some of my friends I knew from high school, really close friends, mentors. So mm. I, I have some wonderful mentors that mm. I um, – Peter Bertels was a mentor of mine. He was the CEO of Super Retail Group. Mm -hmm. Ted Burnell um, saw me speak in an event once, approached me afterwards, and he's been a mentor now. He's a really great former CEO and now has his own strategic consulting business. He's been a mentor of mine for several years. So mm. it's kind of those mentors, friends, and also I think, yeah, just making sure that you surround yourself with people that really want to help row your boat mm. and also being cognizant, I think, over the years I've had to let go of people that haven't been the greatest supporters in the tough times as yeah. well. But also it's about giving back to them. I'm a big one around give and take. So, mm. you know, it's all, I think, having mentors but also giving back and supporting others and mentoring and coaching others without any expectations I think is fundamental. Mm. Yeah. Aren't those people amazing? And, and I've had them in my life too that offer to coach and mentor you just because they want you to yeah. succeed, that they give their time, have a cup of coffee and want to build you up. Those yeah. are the people that change the world. Those are the people that make the world a better place. I so agree with that. Like we had our courage conference the day before the awards. Note to self, don't do a conference before an award. So that's okay. <laughs> we're going to do that differently next year. But we had the likes of um, I had a couple of really close friends speak at that conference, um, like Fiona De Jong. Sess McGracken, she was the winner in the first year of our awards. Christine Holgate, mm. Paul Scarra, I think Christine Holgate, Paul Scarra, phenomenal. No expectations, just said, how can we help you? Like we'll more than happy to jump on. Yeah. Um, we'll help you with this conference. We love what you're doing. There's so many people out there that I just look at them that are great role models that I just go, wow. And as I just think that just make sure you you spend time networking, connecting with people, mm. seeing how you can help them as well. Like Paul Scarra was a finalist in our awards. Mm. I wrote about him in my book. I hadn't even met him before. I just happened to write about him in my book, reached out to him, and now he's like, ring me any time if you need any help. Yeah. And, you know, he's the former CEO of Virgin Group. Yeah. And such a vulnerable, kind man and leader, mm. you just don't know what's going to happen in your journey by just reaching out to people and connecting with them and, yeah. And I think as well those people that are embodying the values, 
they obviously resonate with the values that you have and they, you're talking about him being kind and courageous himself. He sees that in you. He wants to encourage that for you. I think every time you close a door as well, you know how you mentioned those boundaries, if you close a door for somebody that's taking and yeah. giving negative energy into your life, you allow a, a door to open for somebody amazing like that that's going to offer so much as well. Yeah. And I think sometimes we focus on what we're losing when we close a door instead of what opportunity could come from somebody else coming into our life, like has happened with you as well. So you talked about mental health with teens, and it's actually something that I'm very passionate about as well, um, just because I see with social media, the amount of pressure, we didn't have to deal with the amount of pressure that uh, teens these days have to. Mm. You know, we would go to school and then, you know, if there's bullying at school, we get to go home. We get to go home, we get an escape. There is no escape now with social media. So with mental health, for teens, what are some of the things that you've learned? Like if you're parenting a teen right now, what are some things we can be like from your own journey thinking about or being aware of with our own kids? I don't have a teen yet. I will one day. She's definitely going to keep me on her toes and my son. But through your journey as well with mental health, what are some things us as parents should be aware of? I'm really glad you asked that question. So if you are listening to this, I really hope this does help because I wish I kind of had someone give me this advice because I was really, really lost. Mm -hmm. Looking back on that, and I have now a number of people that reach out to me about this, Mm -hmm. is, look, obviously I I wish I'd been a lot more present around understanding the signs so I could see that she was withdrawing a lot or she'd be in a room a lot. And I used to just think she was being a typical teenager, but she wasn't. She was actually asking for help. I also felt at the time I should have been a lot kinder to her. So here I am espousing kindness and I was probably, again, so worried about like trying to get her to school. I didn't know the reason why she wouldn't go to to school so I didn't realise how bad the bullying was. Mm. And obviously I was in a bit of a panic around her education. Mm. So there was a bit of a push-pull, push-pull, like and I was kind of the anxiety and worry I had around her versus the I should have stepped back and gone – how can I help you? What do you need from me? Mm. Back then, and I did learn that. I think that through obviously here I am working as a coach and I couldn't coach her and mm. I shouldn't have been a coach. I should have just been a mum and just gone, I love you so much and I just want to be here for you. Whatever happens, I'm not going to judge you. I'm always going to be here for you. So yep. as soon as I just loved her and I didn't kind of have any expectations or attachments around her education or who she should be or what she should be doing or when she was self-harming, obviously I'd get really angry and concerned about it when mm. I just kind of went, why are you doing that? Let's take you hospital again. When I started just letting go of expectations and just loving her, mm. I think it freed her up a lot. So, yeah, yeah she became a lot more, oh, okay, mum just loves me for who I am. And, and so what else? I do, Yeah, just lots of love. And also now looking back of where she is today, At the time, again, I was so worried about her journey where she was going to be. There could have been lots of different directions she could have taken and therefore I, unfortunately, a few weekends ago, a friend of mine, his son, unfortunately decided to go in a direction and he lost his son and I know this guy really well and I was just devastated for him. I'm going to reach out to him actually. I have been reaching out to him but not through phone, just through um, messaging, just to check in because I know he's having a really tough time and he has been saying thank you so much but I'm sure he didn't recognise it. He felt that his son, so it can, you kind of need to kind of be always checking in on them Mm. but in a, just again, that loving way. Obviously my daughter, as we mentioned, like talking about it at the wards, 
her journey now has made her who she is today. So that's why I think I look at her and go, she needed to go through that, I think, regardless of incredibly how tough and challenging it was and the adversity. She's come now very courageous now. Mm. But there was a lot of things I would have done differently. Another thing I wouldn't have, I was so hard on myself. Honestly, Mm. I was so hard on myself. I was so unkind to myself. Mm. And it actually transpired into my actions to her and behaviour to her. Mm. So... I should have just been a lot kinder to myself and gone, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this alone. Yeah. Whereas I beat myself up about it a lot Yeah. because of what I do. You know, here I am building a world of great leaders and supporting so many people and I felt I couldn't help my daughter. So I just beat myself up so much and I wish I hadn't. So, look, we've come through it, but as a parent or a guardian, if you've got anyone in your life that's dealing with this, please show self-kindness and just show lots of kindness and compassion. That's all they need. Like they just need lots and lots of love. And, I mean, other things I recognised as well when I could recognise she was struggling, I would just go, that's it. I'd close my work and go, that's it, I'm taking the week off. And she'd go, oh, I go, yep. And I remember driving down to Yamba with her one day and it was actually horrible. I was at breaking point. I remember the month, it was the month of May, and I was driving down to Byron. She opened up the car door and she tried to jump out <sighs> on the freeway. <sighs> so I had to drive off the freeway. Yeah. Skidded like the car off the freeway. She took off her belt, tried to cross the freeway in front of a car. Jeez. She's a five foot ten and I'm five foot two. Mm. It was a punching match trying to get her back in the car. I finally got in the car. It was just horrible. I had scratches and punches. I was and I was just like, oh my gosh. I got her down to Yamba and I just spent a week with her and I just went for walks and we went swimming mm-hmm. and I just sat, I was didn't even talk to her sometimes, I just sat with her, didn't even have to say anything and just and that made a real difference to her that it was like, I just need to connect with you mm. and just kind of be with you without mm. any does that make sense? It was, yeah. It does because the connection part is I'm glad you mentioned that. And that would have been such a difficult thing to go through as well because you're on your own with her, right? Yeah. And then you're on your own in Yambri and mental strength you have to have to kind of go, I'm shutting down work. I'm going to be there for you and be present. I think that that's, there's a key in that because I think the hard part at the moment, there's so much distraction for us to be connected with our kids. There's iPhones, there's business calls, yeah. there's and I think it's good that you recognised just wanted to be connected with you. She needed that time because she was struggling and you would pick that up. But I think some parents do miss those signs. Mm-hmm. Teenagers, we know teenagers spend a lot of the time in their room, but is it more frequent than normal? Yeah. You know, what's really going on? And I'm interested as well, and I want to talk about it because I think it's important. You go away and you have that week and you connect. What are ways now, now that you know all this, how do you stay connected with her? Because it's like, yes, that's a journey that she's been through, but you'd probably always be aware of it long term. What are some of the ways that you connect with her every day or every week to stay connected as a family unit too? Uh, I think it's just finding out things that she likes to do and seeing what we can do together. Yeah. Which is a good thing. And not a good, such a good thing. We're both into op shopping, so now she wasn't. <laughs> she she wasn't really into op shopping, and she knew I was. So I drag her along to op shopping, and then now she's addicted to it as well. So like she, <laughs> on the weekend, she was feeling a bit 
she was feeling a bit lost and she went, can we go up shopping? I said, yeah, yeah, you know, let's go and explore. Playing games. Like so I went, especially when she was a teenager, when she mm. didn't want it or I'd have a cup of tea with her, hence um, I wanted to start a social enterprise called Tea for Teens, which is on hold but that's a separate thing. Another TED Talk. I do love that uh, idea. I know, I know, it is cool. <laughs> um, when she didn't want to talk to me, I wouldn't force it. So mm. I'd go, oh, I'll put the kettle on. And she'd go, no, I'm not, I don't want it. No. And I'd go, okay, I'm just going to make a cup of tea anyway. <laughs> and she'd go, oh, well, I'll just have chamomile. So I go, okay. And I wouldn't even, I'd just have a cup of tea with her, but I wouldn't have to talk. I'd just let her talk or I'd go for a drive. So I'd go, I want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. Oh, do you want to go for a drive? She'd go, no. And i go, let's go for a drive. And she'd go, where? And i go, let's just drive around the airport. That'd be fun. Let's go down there. And she'll go, okay. And, you know, and then I wouldn't talk to her, but when you're driving, when they're sitting next to you in the car, from a neuroscience perspective, it's much easier when you're sitting beside someone and talking because they don't feel judged because you're oh, not looking at them. Yeah. So when you're driving and you're just driving, they'll just sit there and then you'll find that they'll open up because you're not looking at them. You're just yes. sitting next to them and driving. So I used to do that or I used to play games with her. So I used to go, do you want to play Connect Four? Mm. And she'll go, no. And I'll go, oh, let's just play anyway. I'll just get it out. Let's get Monopoly. Again, you're doing something creative, like whether it's drawing or playing a game and they don't feel like you're doing something creative, but then they start to open up because they're yes. doing something. You're distracting them with the yes. creative stuff. So those sort of things I think make a real, I found made a huge difference just to help connect with her. I don't know how many times I've driven to the airport. I think about a thousand times. But uh, I was like, many directions I know who to come yeah, to. You know. Sonia, I'm lost at the airport. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. I love that yeah. because people, mm-hmm. we always think people people know these things, but so many people find it hard to communicate with their teens. And so even one of my one of my clients drives to school and things like that, and I know for a fact that's a time that they just catch up and connect and yeah. he works long hours in construction, but it's their time. It's their connection yeah. time. So I love that. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I can see, you know, sitting side by side, they're not feeling judged. They're not feeling, yeah. 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 So in terms of your own opportunities that you've created in your life and potential that you've created from building your own doors as a, as a single parent yeah. and creating a business, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to someone wanting to start a business themselves? Because I get asked this all the time, so I'm asking you the question. Looking back on it now, were there things you'd do differently, some advice you could give to someone that's going, you know what, I think I want to start my own business. What would you say that they should consider? Oh, wow. Okay, where do I start? In a nutshell, some of the things, and I made loads of mistakes. So when I started, one of the, I think the best things I ever did was kind of think of my sweet spot. So that's kind of like that sweet spot. So it's kind of three areas that kind of combine to make that kind of what you need to do, like what the world needs, what are you passionate about and where your strengths and talents. So I went, oh, the world needs more great leaders and more leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm really passionate about leadership. And my strengths and talents are around speaking, coaching, writing. Oh, okay, there's my sweet spot. So therefore, I think looking back, one of the things I think was great was kind of recognising that and being very particular around my brand. So Mm -hmm. I kind of went again, who am I and what do I stand for and what does that look like? Mm. So even today, I'm very attached to my brand and what I stand for. But in terms of what I would do differently, I would have got much better advice from the start. So I would have got a mentor right from the onset. I would have got a great accountant right from the onset, <laughs> a great lawyer right on the onset. So it actually helped me with how to structure it, Yes, financial advice, someone that was a mentor that had started their own business that I could have sat down with and said, right, 
what do I need to do? And finding the right people I think is really, really important. And also as well, again, reaching out to people like yourself, like people Mm. that have started their own business Mm. and going, yeah, can you give me some advice? Like going, having coffee. Um, Yeah. The other thing, I did a lot of research before I started my business. So before I thought about starting, and it took me a year, I was the queen of flip charts because I'm a visual person. (laughs) So I had like lots of flip chart around my home office is I went in to spoke to so many people and said, where are the gaps? What are your needs? What are your challenges? So I started to get that kind of data. So therefore I knew, and don't be afraid to evolve. Like I've had leadership HQ for 15 years. It's kind of evolving like we're about to again today or in the next few days. We've completely changed the look and feel of our website. Yeah. We've got to announce some more offerings because we know what's – so being adaptable to the market and going, oh, okay, well, I'm hearing the markets, you know, especially during COVID, the market's needing more of this. What can we do to build and help with some of those problems? Like what can we build? So being open to being adaptable. Yep. And also just being persevering, just having Mm. courage to go, you know what, I'm creating something that's my own. Mm -hmm. And don't listen to any naysayers. Just go, I know I believe in myself. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing is great. I know I'm going to leave a great legacy. Watch me. (laughs) I'm going to just stay really focused and just do it because it's like it's the best. It's the best. I love that. I love that. I see that in you. I do. And I see you and I see, I think, kind and courageous leaders. Like I see that that is part of your purpose and that's part of your passion. So, Mm. okay, we're going to do the rocket round. Excellent. This is this is some fun ones, and we are, we do this with every guest because oh, you know <laughs> I didn't see these questions. And like, oh no, I didn't. I should have thought about it more. Anyway, go. Yes. Okay. Uh, favorite book. Favorite book. Okay, <laughs> that's really. I've owns. got thousands of them because I so um I really love favorite books. My fa- probably at the moment my favorite books to, anything to do with Ryan Holiday. So okay. he writes about. I'm just uh, reading or listening to his book at the moment, Destiny, Discipline is Destiny. So he writes about courage is calling, stillness is a key, ego is the enemy. I really love his books at the oh, moment. Yeah, yeah, I have to read yeah. that one. Getting quite a little uh, book list from the guests. Mm. Favourite holiday destination? Japan, <laughs> by far. <laughs> I've never been. I need to go. It's honestly, it's the best. I love Japan, the people, the food. Yeah, yep. I love it. Cats or dogs? Both. Um, I had to really think about this. I do own, I love dogs. Unfortunately, because of my lifestyle, I can't have dogs, but I actually have the two of the most divine cats on the planet. So at the moment, I'm a cat person. I love that. Coffee or wine? Wine. (laughs) (laughs) I own a business, right? (laughs) You bought me a coffee this morning. I I thought you'd say coffee, but yeah, wine. I get it. I get it. Uh, White Christmas or summer Christmas? Oh, that's a really challenging one. I'd have to probably say summer Christmas because obviously I'm Australian and we're brought up here, but yeah. I really, really, really love the snow. So mm. I don't know why I live in Brisbane, <laughs> but probably summer Christmas because I do love the water. Yeah. Uh, and what podcast are you listening to right now? Um, Huberman Lab. So he's a and he's a bit of a spunk. He is a neuroscientist, um, so he has got – I love his podcasts around neuroscience and also – but I have started listening to Mel Robbins. She's written The Five Second Rule, her podcast, and that's a good one too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't – I've read that book but not listened to the podcast, so that's good. Uh, And what makes you feel like you're home? Uh, I think my daughter – Makes yeah. me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think like hanging out with her, she's like awesome, the best person to hang out with. So, uh, yeah, I'd have to say it's her. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. 
Thank you so much for giving your time. I know you're incredibly busy, so giving your time to come on the podcast. I think you've shed so much value, not just about your career, but also like a single piece of advice can sometimes change the trajectory of someone's life. So Mm. if someone's struggling with a teen listening in, someone who's struggling personally trying to juggle their career or build build a business, I think is going to get so much value from this episode. What are ways we can support you, Sonia? So if we want to learn more about what you do, or books, what are some ways we can the listeners can get behind you? That's a great question. I mean, I'm always, please reach out if we can help you, like anyone, like yourself or anyone listening. Um, we love, we love, we're, one of our values is wisdom as well. So we're really around supporting and inspiring others through our work and our writing and books. I think just through our websites, like leadershiphq.com.au or yeah. soniamcdonald.com.au or theoutstandingleadershipawards.com.au. So just embrace the leadership space and when I say leadership I mean leadership's not a role or title it's an attitude or a mindset and also if you're thinking about starting a business go and do it you know reach out to us if we can help if you're interested in getting a coach or interested in us doing any keynote speaking which I love doing so much or any leadership programs yeah just reach out to us because we want to build a great world of great leaders and we need leaders. We need leaders to change the world and we need greater role models that can be great leaders and leave a great le- legacy. So, yeah, thank you for asking. That's some of the ways uh, you can connect with us and also we're on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. So, yeah. Thank you, Sonia. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Really appreciate you having you on and I'm sure that, that people listening are going to get so much value out of this episode. Thank you so much. It's been an honour talking with you. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Building Doors. If you've got comments or questions, send them to hello at buildingdoors.com.au. And remember to subscribe, rate and review. See you next time.